If you would, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, and we will be reading verses 1 through 4. And while you're turning there, let me just say how great it was to see you last Sunday in person and Wednesday night online. I really, really enjoyed that time together with you, brothers and sisters. If there's anything that I regret about this pandemic, it is how much time it has taken away from fellowship. All right, by now you've turned to Matthew chapter 4, and I want to talk about bread. Now one thing I've learned using this program on the computer is I can't talk while I am changing slides. I'm not sure why that is, but it just mutes out. So let me go to the next slide now. I'm sure you've seen this billboard before, usually around Christmas time. Bread plays a major role in our lives and a really big role in the Bible itself. Now, I haven't seen this particular billboard, at least I don't remember that I have. Um, usually the one I've seen only has one little girl on it and it looks like something from the 1950s, but still it just is a beautiful billboard with a great message. I know a lot of you love bread. A meal isn't a meal unless you've got bread. And there are some very good store-bought breads, but nothing compares to a nice loaf of homemade bread. When I discovered that you can make bread bowls, and therefore you don't need to do dishes, oh, that transformed my life. I went to a local restaurant and they served some kind of lobster inside of a bread bowl like this, and it was just fantastic. Now I know that at this point, I've shown enough pictures of bread, you probably want me to hurry up and finish so you can go get something to eat. I understand that, and I'll go as quickly as I can. One story that Jesus told was of a man who went to wake his friend up during the middle of the night to borrow some bread. In Luke chapter 11, it says, And Jesus said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Now we aren't going to be dissecting this story necessarily this morning to find out Jesus's meaning here. I just use this to illustrate how important bread is in the scriptures. It's mentioned all over the place. Now one thing I do notice about this story is if visitors arrive in the middle of the night and they want something to eat, am I just going to offer them a loaf of bread? I've always wondered why his friend didn't come to him in the middle of the night and say, could you loan me some bread and some bologna, a little cheese, maybe some mayonnaise, that'd be good. I'm not sure why he didn't get him a full sandwich here, but that's not what we're here to talk about this morning. Bread is so important in the scriptures 
and it represents more than just itself, which is why the eating of a meal or even the taking of communion is quite often summed up as the breaking of bread. Here's a few scriptures that you can read while I'm still talking about this. What I want us to look at in Matthew chapter 4 is something Jesus says concerning bread that just struck me. I think it was one of those verses of the day on my telephone, and it just really hit home that particular day. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. When I was at college back in the late 70s, I lived in a house with about 11 other guys, I think. And there was a man there who had read this particular scripture and had taken it very literally. He truly believed that Jesus was telling him he did not need to eat anymore. He grew thinner and thinner, but he read his Bible continually. He believed that Jesus was saying, you do not need to eat bread. You only need the word of God. Now, did God create all the food necessary to feed an entire planet full of people and animals and then say, you don't need any of it, you just need to read your Bible? Common sense tells us this is not what Jesus is getting at here. Jesus himself ate and drank, and he even fed thousands. So you know, if the message here was that we do not need to eat, we simply need to read our Bibles, Jesus wouldn't have gone about feeding thousands of people. Now, we'll spend the rest of our time this morning in John chapter 6. So if you would, please turn there now. Jesus had just fed the 5,000 with five barley loaves and two fish. Now, here's a little side note. When you're struggling, perhaps financially, remember what God can do with so little and put your faith in him. His own apostles didn't see this coming. They looked around at the crowd, at the basket of food, and then at Jesus. How far will this go among so many? We know how far, don't we? Thousands were fed that day. They dismissed the crowd, and Jesus withdrew, knowing that the people wanted him to be their king, and they were willing to force him if necessary, according to chapter 6 and verse 14. After all, who doesn't want a leader who can feed you out of thin air? Wouldn't that be great? You think it's nice perhaps getting a retirement check or something from your government or a disability check. Imagine if your leader can feed you out of thin air. If he can simply speak and fish are multiplied and bread is multiplied and thousands are fed. If he can do that, 
then getting rid of the Romans would be a walk in the park. So they wanted him badly to be their leader, and they were willing to take him by force. So Jesus withdrew from them. The apostles set off across the lake towards Capernaum, while Jesus joined them later on, walking across the top of the lake, a very famous story. You know it from John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. The crowd figures out where they went, and they got into some boats to follow him. Again, why wouldn't you follow someone who had just fed thousands out of a small basket full of food? Of course you would. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the work God requires? I apologize that my picture is over some of the words here, and I honestly don't have a clue how to move it around. I tried the usual methods and just couldn't seem to, so I'll fill in the words. They ask him here, what must we do to do the works God requires? I want you to stop right here. What did they ask Jesus? They asked the question that is on nearly everybody's mind, especially those who are spiritually inclined. What does God want from me? What must I do to do the work that God requires? The next words you hear will be God's answer, and they should change your life forever. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Remember last week when I spoke about how important it is for you to be able to answer that question, who do you say that I am? It's all well and good if you're worshiping with a congregation that knows who Jesus is, but because you're worshiping with them doesn't mean that you necessarily have any kind of relationship with the Father himself. So it's important that you answer the question for yourself. What do you believe, or sorry, what you believe about Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which you're going to live out your faith. If your heart isn't into exercise or eating right, your life is going to show it. If you have mixed feelings about anything, your life is going to show it. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. What sign? Really? Have you so quickly forgotten 
you probably napped the whole ride across the lake because you'd eaten so much bread and fish. The only thing Jesus didn't provide was a barrel full of tartar sauce. When you don't really believe, you generally keep asking for more and more proof. Don't get mad, Lord, but uh, just show me one more sign. Okay, now for a little more serious stuff. As I read the rest of Jesus' words here, I want you to think about my friend back in college, the one who basically was starving himself. He eventually came to his senses, but he had lost an awful lot of weight. If he had understood this, he wouldn't have done that. Now, my friend wasn't fasting, and I don't have any issue with fasting because Jesus himself talks about the fact that we are going to do it. But this isn't fasting when you simply starve yourself and read your Bible only, thinking that from this point on, I'm not going to eat any more physical food. There's a difference between the two. Also, I want you to keep in mind Jesus' answer to the devil in the wilderness. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Christ's words here will help us understand just what he meant and will help us to balance our lives. And I think we all need balance. He is speaking spiritually. So when I read and we read about Jesus talking about hunger, he's talking about a spiritual hunger not physical. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Now, Jesus hasn't said what this bread is yet, but he has said that this bread comes down from heaven. That's important, and that's going to come up again here shortly. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Remember when the Apostle Paul was listing off the things he had suffered for the cause of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 11? He, he was embarrassed, frankly, to talk like this, because the privilege of sharing in the sufferings of Christ is far more than the suffering itself. And so he wasn't really boasting, but he felt it was necessary to make his point that he mentioned these things he had suffered. And one of the things he mentions 
is that he was often without food. Now, Jesus isn't talking about always keeping us fed physically. When he says we will not hunger or thirst, he's not talking about physical food and drink. If that was the case, Paul could not have said, I was without food on many occasions. Jesus is speaking about satisfying that deep spiritual hunger that you read about in Matthew 5 and verse 6, where Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Most people think that there's more to life than what we see with our eyes. We desperately want there to be more than what we see. Just look at our movies, our entertainment, and see that we want there to be some kind of superior life form out there somewhere. We don't care what it is. It can be an alien. It can be a ghost. It can be a superhero. They can call themselves gods. We don't really care, but we want somebody to see the injustices that are going on on our planet and punish those responsible, and hopefully right now. We do have a spiritual hunger. And Jesus Christ says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. You've tried fulfillment or finding fulfillment in your job. Worked yourself to death. Maybe it was in the owning of nice things. You just kept buying things thinking, if I had that, that one more thing, I will be happy. Maybe you looked in astrology for some kind of message from above. Maybe you drowned your sorrows, unfortunately, in alcohol or in the taking of drugs. Maybe you just love to surround yourself with a lot of people. Maybe all that noise will drown out the voices in your head. Or maybe you've gone the other direction and you've just abandoned people altogether and you're just living alone in a cave fooling yourself into thinking that you are loved through meaningless relationships. I've always known that there was a God. I give my mother credit for creating that faith in me to start. I can't show him to you, but I can tell you what he says, and I can show you that it works. So whatever it is you've been going after, whether it's fulfillment through the drugs or the alcohol or working like crazy or buying all kinds of things, let go of those other things and come before the Son of God. Ask him to answer your spiritual questions. Before we move on in John 6, I want to repeat what Jesus said in verse 40. My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Everyone. Please take that personally. He's talking about you. At this, 
the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? And I realized that Jesus was saying this in the synagogue on the other side of the lake in Capernaum. And not everyone in attendance had been fed miraculously on the other side of the lake. But was this really all they got out of one of the most profound statements in history? Jesus' reply is, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Remember, they've got nothing to compare this to. So what Jesus is saying seems foreign at best and bizarre, insane at worst. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? I just love that little guy there. He's as confused as the Jews were. How in the world are we supposed to eat your flesh and drink your blood? This is not normal conversation, Jesus. You may think that now would be a good time for Jesus to say, okay, okay. I see you're confused. Let me clear this whole thing up for you and put it in regular language that you'll understand. But as we move on, you'll see it actually gets harder to understand. This next slide will be our last slide. This has been a long lesson. I apologize. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. I know this has been difficult, this lesson. And it's not because I'm a real deep thinker or I'm a profound teacher. It's nothing like that. I simply wanted you to see what Jesus said 
and what he meant when he told the devil, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus is the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man can stay alive physically for over a hundred years by just eating bread alone. But he doesn't truly live until he encounters and understands and accepts the word of God. Have you ever tried in your life setting your Bible down, just saying, never mind, Lord, and living without God? It's miserable, isn't it? Many believe that we should eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Without Jesus, life is empty and meaningless. But you, you can have abundance and joy. When you come to know and submit your life to the Heavenly Father, you will know joy and peace like never before. Please let the Christians here at Lindsley Avenue tell you more. You can unload that heavy load of sinful junk that you've got built up in your life. And that'll free your arms to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. What we need you to do is let us know that you need our help. Give us a call or an email. You can go to the website or the Facebook page and you'll see that information there. And let us know how we can help you on this spiritual journey. We'll study the Bible with you so that you can see for yourself this isn't just some man-made idea, but this is God speaking to you. I hope this lesson has been helpful and I look forward so much to being able to see you in person again. May God be with you.